Decoding Learning Differences with Kimberly Lavelle, and this episode is Move and Learn with Dr. Julian Reed. In this, we're going to be talking about something that we probably all know on such an innate level is that movement is necessary for brain growth and for learning to actually take place, and yet we tend to sacrifice movement in the name of learning. And Dr. Julian Reed has a great program that he's going to tell us about that helps integrate the two into a classroom or at home, as well as just a lot of ideas on how to do this without without it even using that program. Just ways to implement this. Um, enjoy this conversation with Dr. Julian Reed. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself for our audience? Thank you so much. Yes, my name is Julian Reed. I'm a professor of health sciences at Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina, and also the founder of Walkabouts, which is an educational platform that uses movement and physical activity to teach math and language arts for elementary age children. My area of research is examining how physical activity impacts the cognition of kids. I love that. Okay, so to jump right into that, what are the learning benefits of physical movement? Okay, so physical activity is one of the oldest forms of teaching. I mean, it's one of the first things we do when we're born. When you move, there is a lot going on in the brain, and we could spend hours talking about it. But to keep it really simple, as more blood flow goes to the brain, it also brings growth factors. And those growth factors help to increase the development of neurons, as well as increasing the connectivity of neurons with synapses. And the executive function hypothesis, which physical activity and cognition is based off of, this says that those executive functions and the prefrontal cortex, which are really responsible. Uh, responsible, as you know, for planning, goal setting, problem solving, consequence evaluation are enhanced from those individuals who are more active. And therefore, if you are more active and you increase over time, right, that blood going to the brain, it's going to lead to those structural changes that then improve learning and then improve academic achievement. That. I love that, that it gives so many specific examples of what I've known for a long time, that it's really important for kids to move. And that's one of those like frustrations where we know this is true. Why are they sitting at desks in a school all the time? Absolutely. Yeah, it makes, it doesn't make a lot of sense, especially when you think about when you are born and you start crawling and you learn through that sensory motor experience like Dr. Montessori talked about you know, decades ago and, and with the executive function hypothesis, which really came out of the field of gerontology, we've learned that, hey, physical activity can push off dementia and it's a great way even to help with people with Alzheimer's. Then if we know there's so much science behind it and what it does for cognition and also helps with behavior management, because as those executive functions um, are really important in, in looking at consequences and a self-control, why do we have kids sit all day? Right, right. Um, so then what is like the minimum amount of movement that kids need in order to learn? 
Well, there's really no minimum, you know, amount to learn. I mean, we we have a recommendation for health, right? We want our kids to be active 60 minutes every day and moderate to to vigorous physical activity. Um, from a learning standpoint, I would say any movement is better than no movement. You know, in, in walkabouts, what our platform, our lessons are seven to 10 minutes in length. Um, and we have a new product coming out that's as, is, uh, as low as three minutes. So, you know, the more you can give those opportunities to move, the better. Um, but we, there's research to demonstrate even after one bout of activity. And that one bout maybe is 15, 20, 20 minutes, maybe even a little bit longer, though, is can improve cognition. You know, I tell my own students, you know, before you come take a test, you should be active. You should be doing something, walk to class, get that blood flowing into your brain. Um, so I would just say any movement's better than no movement. And if you can even just get a couple minutes, if it's really difficult to get movement into your day, you know, maybe have your kids transition a little bit differently so they can get more physical activity. Yeah, I love that because there's so many ways to just make it an easy part of what's already happening, just kind of change that classroom management. And then, I mean, we know that so many kids need it and then their behaviors also improve because they've gotten the little wiggles out and- Right, and they don't, and that's the thing is so much of the research is with executive function is on that behavior. And as you know, the number one reason teachers leave the profession is behavior management. So even if you take away the cognitive benefits, if you have improved behavior, that can lead to more time being freed up for teaching. Right, because if you're teaching, you get uh, or or managing. I mean, if you take those two things in a classroom, of course you can scaffold them down. But if you're managing, you're not teaching. So, you know, the more we can do to get kids moving is not just for their their uh, cognition; it's also going to improve behavior management. So I'm picturing. So now I'm trying to transition. Like, okay, so we've got great ideas for teachers. And then, but what about like for families that are worried about their kids and can't, you know, other than getting, trying to get the, the teacher to listen to the podcast and take a look mm -hmm. at the walkabouts, um, what can this, the parents and families be doing to make sure their kids are getting enough movement? Well, this is where, you know, ultimately I'm a health scientist and, and, and focusing on physical activity the last 25 years didn't always focus necessarily on brain science. The brain science part of it came to as ultimately a way to tell superintendents and principals and teachers, hey, you're, you're responsible for, uh, like it or not, academic performance and academic achievement. And if physical activity can help that, great. But if you take a step back and just say, hey, we need our kids to be active just for mental health, their bones developing and their muscles, you know, take a walk with your, your, your kids. I mean, to get them outside. Uh, we spend so much time inside and we have so many technological gadgets, you know, tell them to put your phone down for 10 minutes and, and go outside and play. I mean, we, we, we've lost the art of play, but playing, if you go back to our motor development specialists and Erickson and Piaget and Havikers, they were all about play. 
and how play tells uh, told them how cognitive uh, and the brain was developing. It was through play. So we've lost sight of that, unfortunately, where performance pedagogy, the test scores, the test scores, the test scores are driving our policies when we're losing sight of the uh, things that we know, a sound body, sound mind, we're talking thousands of years ago, people were talking about these sort of things. And now it's, okay, get in there and, and sit down. I mean, I can't sit down for long periods of time. So my desk goes up and down. You know, I like to stand, I used to have a treadmill under it, but it broke. But, you know, standing, even standing is going to get a little more blood to your brain. I mean, I'm at a university and, and I've tried to encourage our administration to put standing desks in classrooms. There's a lot of kids, adults, not just kids that don't sit, can't sit for long periods of time. So I would just say, just get outside uh, 10 minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes. If you have a dog probably needs to be walked, make it a family walk, right? And, and try to get, get your children at least moving a little bit um, when you can. Yeah, I love that. I was thinking about like, um, for those that have the option, walking to school instead of driving or even if you have to drive parking further away to okay, walk so, your kid in yeah like, so that's a great one and that that the cdc center for disease control and prevention has been talking a lot about that incremental activity such as parking farther away take the stairs and instead of taking the elevator you know find ways to change your environment to change your behavior um and unfortunately the united states is so spread out right versus more communities if you go to europe everyone walks everywhere and i'm a big believer the built environment impacts physical activity um, and if we can change our environments we can change behavior and i'd love to see more of that with the way we design schools to make them more readily accessible for movement and activity versus, you know, the classroom has not really changed much in the last hundred years. I mean, if you go into it, it's still, you know, there's someone in front and there's these desks and, you know, we have had creative teachers who have said, okay, you know, I don't want these desks the way they are. I'm gonna put them in groups and make in stations and do some different things. But there's a lot of science on the environment and how you change the environment that just we're not implementing it. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm picturing like a, the, one of the first grade classrooms at a school that I used to work at, they had like all the desks were in little groups. And then there was like the big carpet area where they would sometimes be sitting or they would be standing to do different, um, the, the TPR, the total, total physical response, like activities. I'm wondering is there any more things that they could be doing to improve that classroom environment? <clears throat> yeah, that, that um, bless you. Um, that is a great question. I mean, those are the sort of things that I, I would suggest is, is having different stations where and kids can transition and, in, and making sure that they're moving maybe every 20 minutes if they are sitting to a different station where they're doing a different skill. So they're at least getting out of their chair and moving. And if there is like what Walkabouts was designed for is full classroom activity. So we have it played you know, on the projector. And then, so having any space where kids can, can move 
beyond um, just, you know, sitting at their desk, I would say I would highly, you know, encourage that, you know, some teachers have also brought in, you know, different things to allow kids to sit even on a carpet and, and being able to manipulate or do different um, learning strategies beyond just necessarily sitting at their desk is because even sitting, you have to engage certain muscles to keep your core in a certain position and, and what have you. So changing the desks, um, giving a little bit, you know, more space, but ultimately also the teacher just saying, hey, every 10 minutes, I have an alarm that's going to go off. And when it goes off, we're going to do something different. We're going to do a minute uh, of activity, and then we'll get back into our lessons. So it doesn't have to be something revolutionary, something totally novel. It's just, hey, let's get out of our seats, and and we're going to stand and do this activity with our content. And that's what with walkabouts, we design the movements to put the content into a context. So one of our first grade walkabouts is long and short vowel sounds. We have the kids reach up for a long vowel sound. So they put that into context and then squat down low for a short vowel sound. Short, they're squatting down low. They're getting movement through that. And the teacher's also able to get an embedded assessment and say, oh, I can get with just a few of these words from this walkabout who's getting the concept and who's not getting the concept. So it doesn't have to be some really new complex way to do something it's just thinking just a little bit differently right right <clears throat> yeah it seems like when you stop and think about it there are so many options I was thinking about a third grade classroom I know that they did an activity called scoot where it was like everyone was standing basically and you did a quick little lesson a quick little like problem that you had to solve question that you had to answer whatever math language arts say different ones and then you'd go to the next desk and everyone's like constantly just totally everyone's standing yes. the whole time that that's a great one that's a great one you know and I went to a conference years ago with a, a colleague who was talking he he went and met with folks at corporate at a lot of uh, fortune 100 companies and he was trying to get them to say hey even in a board meeting every 15 minutes, just get up and move to the next chair, right? I mean, just simple ways to, to get more blood to that brain. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, are there specific types of movement that are more beneficial than others? Yeah, that, that's a great question. The more body segments that you can engage, the better, just because there's just more, more of that more movement um, and you're engaging more muscles versus fine motor. You know, some of the research also says the more complex the movement in terms of, you know, like crossing your midline or, or doing things that really require you to think about what you're doing. There's some research to support the more complex uh, of the physical activity has helpful, but at the end of the day, it's just moving, right? Gross motor moving, you know, which engaging the large muscle groups and, and you can do that very easily, right? You're doing that when you're walking, you're doing that when you're running, you can do that jumping in place. I mean, there's almost every movement we teach kids is gross motor. So, you know, I would say the things they're already doing, just do more of them. Yeah. 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 And I think about like, they naturally want to do a lot of well, that. that's the thing is elementary for specifically the kids really like to move. It's when you get into middle school, high school, and then throughout our life, unfortunately, physical activity goes down, but elementary kids love to move. So why not use that to your advantage? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, they're, 
even if you can't come up with an idea, like, okay, how can we do this with movement? And then they'll get some and ideas. That's really ultimately why we created walkabouts is I was, I was training teachers on how to do this and I've written a couple of books on it. And, and then I kept being asked for more lessons, more lessons. And, you know, I'm one person. And at the time, so it's about 15 years ago, I started really thinking about this more and more technology was going into the classroom. I was thinking there's got to be a way to leverage that technology. And teachers are really creative, but some of them only have like five or six lessons or maybe two or three. And what we wanted to provide is a turnkey with hundreds of activities that a teacher could go in and say, hey, I don't have to think about this myself. This, these folks have already thought about it. Oh, and oh, by the way, it correlates specifically to our state standards. So our system knows what state you're in and therefore brings in those standards. So in California, you get California standards, South Carolina, I get South Carolina standards. It changes every time you play it. So the novelties there versus, you know, a video, although it plays like a video, if you play a walkabout, you know, 30 seconds later, and it's uh, the long and short vowel sounds one, for example, you'll get different words. The order of the words will change. And that way a teacher can play it again and the kids can't memorize. Oh, wow. That's really cool that it's not just the same every time. No, yeah, we realize, I mean, if you did that, then you would have real limitations. And not that that is bad, at least if you're getting kids moving somewhat, but we wanted this to be able to be used as frequently as you'd like. And, and being able to continue to drill if you're trying to teach something without getting the same content. Yeah. Um, so it's designed to be used in classrooms. Is it something yeah. that would work at home also? Oh yeah, actually kids get unlimited access at home and it works on all devices. So iPhone, Android, iPad. And actually we encourage uh, kids to use it at home with their parents. You know, um, and so you don't need to just use it at school. You can do it at home as well. Awesome. All right. So I'm trying to think if there's any other big questions I had. I feel I like covered a lot of it. Yeah. With uh, some of the questions you already had, I kind of overlapped and went and just did something else. Ultimately, you know, kids are school to learn and we want to give them the most opportunities we can to do that. And the research is pretty clear um, that the, the healthier kids learn better and then kids who move more tend to tend to perform better. Um, so, you know, try, even if you don't want to use our platform, um, engage your children in a way that gets them up out of their desk. Even it's very simple things like just transitioning to a different place in the classroom is going to be beneficial. Right. Right. All right. And yeah, that's, that's easy enough. So if people do want to know more about walkabouts, I'll have a yeah. link below. Is there any other things? You no, thanks. Go to walkabouts.com. You can sign up for a free trial. Okay. Um, check it out. Um, if you like it, let us know, but yeah, we, we want people to use it and that's why we have, you know, the free trial there and, uh, just go there and you can also reach out to us. There's a contact us if you have any additional questions. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was very, um, helpful and informative. And I think it, it reinforces what we always know, but we don't do enough of. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, thank you for your time. I really enjoyed it as well. Thank you.